0: Good morning God's wonderful people, we give thanks to God today for a new dawn, a new day in which to praise his name and to honor him for all he has done. We give thanks to him that he has considered us worthy to give us another day to be on this earth to show forth his praise. To what end would God continue our lives? To what end would God continue our existence other than to bring glory and honor to his name? He created us for this reason. He created the world for this reason, to bring glory and honor to his name, to show forth his praise and to make his praise glorious. And that is our duty and the old duty of man, that is to praise and to worship God. We must spend our days praising God, especially to the next generation, to all who are around us, to praise him from now to the end of our days. I don't think nobody makes pudding as good as my great grandmother, because that was one of my one of my favorite food. It's almost like whenever there's pudding, I want nothing else, just want pudding. Because there's, I mean, I've never tasted pudding so good than hers. I mean, others have come close, but there's none like my great grandmother's pudding. What are they? Thing about her pudding is 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 when it's being prepared. When she's preparing that pudding, there are a whole lot of different ingredients that she put in there, and the way she put those in, the smell of it, while she's mixing it, is even more tasty or pleasing than even the taste. There's just the smell of it just make you know this going taste good. So her mixing those ingredients together, uh it's, it's, it's something I always pay attention to. I'm always most time with her when she's preparing it. And one of the things that I always remember about her preparing those ingredients for a pudding is my inquisitiveness in investigating each ingredient because I wanted to find out what made her pudding taste so good. So in my little head, I was thinking that it was one of these ingredients that make it taste so good and smell so good. So, I would take a little of the rose almond and I would taste it. I would take a little of the vanilla and I would taste it. I would taste every part of what she's putting in that pudding. And as I tasted each ingredient, I mean, some were just <clears throat> bitter, harsh. Some were just not, I can't describe some of other taste, but there were some weird taste and some sort of sweet, especially the sugar. And all these other little things that would have been, you know, part of the mix. Tasted nice. But some were not so tasty at all. And when the mix was done and the tasty mix, it still wasn't that nice. But when it's baked and prepared, man, it was the tastiest thing. Now, my grandmother's pudding always remind me of so many of the things in Scripture. When I read these things, it always brings my mind back to my grandmother's pudding. So here we're studying Galatians chapter 5 as we are looking at 13 to 26 and as we are looking at this passage of scripture i come across a whole lot of things and some words that would have brought my mind back to my grandmother's pudding but this one that we're considering today this word temperance it brings me back to my grandmother's pudding because of what temperance means So we're going to look at this word temperance and we're going to see what it brings to mind as we contemplate this concept of temperance we are looking at the fruit of the spirit which is love and is manifested through joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance and these are the manifestations of the fruit of the spirit which is love so we're going to consider temperance today paul here uh, i should say rather the holy spirit here through paul has given us here some principles by which we, to, we are to live our christian life and as we are talking about battle engagement these principles and these qualities as we possess them it will enable us to fight this war and to win this battle to win this war ultimately so temperance, what does temperance mean? And what, does it, what, what, is, what is temperance? As we look at the Greek word that is translated temperance, it simply means self-control. This word simply means self-control. In Acts 24 and verse 25 it says, And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. In other words, Felix was telling Paul, I don't want to hear no more. I, I, that's enough. Go your way. I'll call you when I'm ready for you again. So it was too much for him to, to really swallow. And I mean, it was, it was pricking at his heart. But here Paul presented to him a reasoning concerning righteousness, temperance. That's the same word temperance used there in that passage. And so we see that temperance is something that is a major theme in Paul's writings major because it occupies prominent positions in his teaching because self-control, as this word means, is something that is primary to us living our lives to pleasing God. We must exercise self-control. Absent self-control, we cannot live or walk this Christian life. All right? and, and even in Second Peter, Peter also picks up on this and he, he puts it forth as a major theme as well. Because Peter in his book, in uh, Second Peter one verse six, he says, "And to knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness." So Paul, even, even Paul has this a major theme, and also Peter has this a major theme. So Peter here is outlining for us the qualities we need to possess as believers, and among those qualities is temperance. So temperance or self-control is a major theme in this Christian walk. <clears throat> Now you know that as we contemplate this concept of temperance, I'm going to take you over to the Hebrew because then that is where all things have their beginning in the Hebrew language. And so as we go over into the Hebrew language to understand what temperance is from that perspective, we find that there are three words that are used in the Bible that are translated tempered. And as we look at these words, we're going to get various pictures of what this word really means. The first one and the one that is most used is the word Balal. Now, Balal is spelled with a bait and a lamed. So, it's bait, lamed, lamed. So, it's two lameds and a bait. So, in our English language, that is B-L-L. Alright, so that's Balal. So, Balal is a is, is word that means to moisten with oil. Or to pour oil upon something. So, the picture here is the bread when the bread is being offered as a sacrifice it they would have poured oil on it and so that's part of the preparation for for this particular item in exodus 29 verse 2 where is is the only place where balal is translated tempered in other places it is translated into other words right for example to mix or, to, or, or to, to pour oil upon that's what this word means to confound or to confuse or to feed or to mix up you know when you're mixing things together you know like my grandmother mixing that, that those ingredients for the pudding it's mixing it up that's how this word comes to be to be to be um meaning confuse. you know like in jamaica we'll say mix up you mix up in other words you're confusing Your argument mix-up means that you're confusing. So that is how this, this word comes to mean, confusing, because you're mixing up these ingredients together. In other words, after you're done, you can't tell one from the other. So that's how it comes to mean that, because that's the action of this word. Pouring oil upon something or pouring oil into a mix and mixing it in. That is a picture activity of this word. And the only place it's translated tempered is in Exodus 29 verse 2, where it says, and unleavened bread, and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened, anointed with oil, of wheat and flour, shalt thou make them. So this is specifying um, a particular sacrifice that they are supposed to bring before the Lord. And God says you must temper it with oil. Alright, so this word here, means to, that, 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 that means to temper, means to moisten with or to pour oil upon. So when you pour the oil into the mix, you are mixing the oil in. In other words, you are bringing the whole mix to one consistency, a single single consistency. In other words, when you are done, you can't see the oil separate from the other ingredients because you have mixed it in. And when you bake that bread, And you pour the oil upon the bread. When you are done, the oil would have seeped through the entire bread. And you can't now separate the oil from the bread, literally. It may be through scientific means or or experimentation or what processes to separate them. But when you look at it, you are seeing a, a bread that is oiled. And it makes it gets a different texture, it gets a different feel because the oil would have permeated the entire bread. So it, it, it mixes in with the bread and becomes a consistency throughout. So that's what balal means. Now the other word is the word malach. Now malach it means to salt means you're salting something, to be salted, to rub salt into something. So you know when, I, when I'm making the, the same mix, you put a little salt in there, you mix the salt in. So you salt it. Or after you've gotten your meal, you take a little salt sprinkle and you sprinkle salt over your food to really give it a little flavor. That's what this word means, to salt with, or to rub with salt, or to pour salt water in or upon. That's what that word Malach means. So you're, you're pouring salt into something in Exodus 30 and verse 35. This word is used there and is translated um, uh, tempered as well, uh, uh, rather, salt. Sorry, <laughs> Let, let's read it. It says, And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary tempered together, pure and holy. So, there the word is translated tempered. So. This word malach, which is translated tempered, it means to salt something or to pour salt upon or to make it salt. And so here it starts out by saying, And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. So it's talking about salting something. Alright? And that's what it means so to rub with salt with, 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 with salt water. And so that's what the, the action of this word actually means. The next word that is translated tempered in, in, the, in, in the Hebrew Bible or in the Old Testament is the word rasas. And rasas means to splash with or to spray something upon. In Ezekiel 46 and verse 14, it says, And thou shalt prepare a meat offering for for it every morning, the sixth part of an ephah and the third part of an inn of oil, to temper with the fine flour, a meat offering continually by a perpetual ordinance unto the Lord. So here the word is saying to temper with fine flour. So it means you're going to sprinkle the flour upon it or splash the flour over it. So that's what this word means. So you' go to splash the flour over that offering, the meat offering. That's why it means to so temper it with fine flour. So this word temper, in this context of these words is speaking to making something uh, or mixing something into the ingredients together, mixing all the ingredients together to make one consistency throughout. When I think of that, when I think of that, this is what brings me back to my grandmother's pudding and preparing that pudding. Because as you do that to the mix, you are building one consistency. In other words, you are exhibiting or preparing these ingredients in a controlled way so that it becomes one consistency. In other words, you don't have one more than the other. It is It is controlled in that you're putting a certain amount of each ingredient and when you are done it gives you one consistency and here these these three words give that idea and that connotation of mixing things together and bringing things together into one consistency or controlling things in a way by putting a certain amount of each ingredient in. Here is where we get this understanding that we are supposed to be of a consistency when it comes to living for God. And you can't maintain or produce consistency without self-control because as you're putting those ingredients in, you can't just dash them in like that. You can't just throw them in like that. You have to put in a certain amount and there's a particular way you add each ingredient. That speaks to having a controlled environment or a controlled behavior in doing this. It is not just you know, arbitrarily throwing things into a pan in varying amounts. You will not get the taste that you're looking for. In order for that pudding to come out with the proper and and, and well, I mean good taste and and taste that that, that it comes out with, the ingredients has to be put in in a controlled way. It's a certain amount of each measured. Each of these ingredients are measured as they are put in. This speaks to maintaining a balance in your life maintaining the proper amount of each aspect of your life. It is not going to the extremes of any aspect of your life. And sometimes this is where we fall short, my friends, because we go to one extreme from another. So we may find that, well, I, I, maybe I, I I am I am doing the things that I'm not supposed to be doing. I need to be more dedicated to the things of God. And so we abandon that, dedicate ourselves to the things of God, but we go on now to the extreme of that where we now abandon totally our natural life and end up in another predicament because you have you have gone to so much extent of being spiritual about everything, you are not practically applicable in this life anymore. And that is something we have to consider as well and take into consideration. So this speaks to having the proper balance in your life. Proper balance, the proper balance of things in your life. You can't go to the extreme of anything. You must be balanced in how you live, in how you operate, in how you manifest God. So here, my friends, we have to understand when we talk about temperance, we are talking about self-control controlling your output, controlling your input. You see the only way you can control your output is to control the input. The only way you can control the taste of the pudding is to control the ingredients. That is how you control the taste of the pudding. You can do nothing about the taste after you have baked it, but you can do something about the taste at the point of adding the ingredients and putting them together. So if after you've done the cake don't taste the way you want it to, then you've got to go back to making a new mix to bake a new cake. So the only way to control the outputs of your life is by controlling the inputs. The output of your life is directly correlates to the input, it is a result of the inputs that you have placed within. This is why Jesus says, it is not what goes in that defile you, but what comes out. But he also says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so therefore, what comes out is as a result of what is within. And what is within within is as a result of what has been placed in, of what has been taken in. So the inputs of your life is how you will control the outputs. Because it's the Outputs that really determine and define your results that you get. We know that when Christ spoke those words, he was speaking rather that it's not the food you eat that defiles you, it is what you put out from your heart that defiles you. So, in essence, he was using this connotation, but in any way, it also depicts that it is what you put out. Out that defiles you. It is what comes out of your heart. It's not what you take in that defiles you. But we have to also understand, dear friends, that because he says it's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, what is in your heart is the sum total of what you have taken in. It is a result of what you have taken in. So we've got to watch our input in order to control our output. Self-control is a result of you meticulously guarding and guiding whatever you take in. If you make your mind a garbage dump, then all that you'll put out is everything that is stink and is repulsive to the smell. So therefore, don't make your mind a garbage heap. Don't take in the things that are dirty and the things that have no benefit to you, things that people throw away. Don't take it in because you're making yourself a garbage heap. How do we take things in, my friends? How do you control your input? You watch what you listen to. You watch what you read. You watch the company you keep. This is how you take in things. This is how you take in input. Whatever it is that you are placing within you, that is what is going to produce the things that you do. So therefore, if you're not pleased with your behavior, if you're not pleased with your attitude, go about changing the surrounding you're you're, you're in, the persons you're associating with, go about changing what you're reading, what you're taking in by your sight what you're feasting your eyes upon, also also, take time out to change what it is that you are listening to. Because this is how you are going to ultimately change you. You will temper your behavior by tempering the things that you focus on, the things you listen to, the things you read, and the things you look upon. Today we have looked at temperance. Temperance is self-control. We sometimes frustrate ourselves because we are trying to control our behavior from the point of which it happens in the sense of us doing the actions. We can never control our behavior from just controlling the things we do. We control ourselves by controlling the inputs into our lives. What are the things that we are allowing to speak into our lives and into our being? that is the point from which you control yourself those who have been addicted to drugs and any paraphernalia can explain to you that it seems like an impossible task because controlling such addiction begins from the point of controlling the inputs into your lives your association the things you feast your eyes upon and the things you feast your ears upon the things you listen to the things you look upon that is the videos the movies the things you're looking at the things you read these are the points on which you control yourself if you try to control your behavior at the point they happen then that is futile you're gonna be frustrated Control the things you read, control your association, and control the things you listen to. And that will assist you in controlling yourself. Then you'll be able to control yourself. Father, we thank you today for your goodness, your love, your mercies. Thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit, through whom we can exercise temperance by controlling the impulse. Help us to focus on the things that are important, to focus on you, to focus on your word and planting the seed of your word into our hearts daily and sowing, O God, the seed of your words through our hearing daily, through our eyes and through our ears so that, God, the seeds of your word will germinate and produce fruit unto righteousness. We give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, my friends, and do remember that God loves you and I do too.